really feel the happy and really feel the sad. Um, and yeah, I do have background noise. I'm so sorry. Um, I'll, I'll text somebody because they're not using their inside voice at all. That's all right. That's all right. Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. Catch new episodes weekly as the Reverend Shannon Meacham, Ogan Holder, and a special guest address and engage what's happening through a theological lens, usually with a good brew in hand. Today in our third chair, we welcome Keisha McKenzie. Keisha leads the program team at Auburn Seminary. Keisha believes that we deserve a world where we can flourish, and people of faith must help to make that world feel. Welcome, Keisha. Welcome back. Yay, Keisha. You can all show your love for Pub Theology Live by becoming a supporter on Patreon, where you will get access to extended interviews with some other guests and some before and after the show banter. Uh, Shannon had a little therapy safe space uh, before we started. <laughs> when do I not have therapy and safe space? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's just put that out there. Although I have to say, it's much better now that I don't come directly from therapy to pub theology. That's always a plus. Well, define better. <laughs> I kind of like that. I like that time period I know you better did. myself. <laughs> so, you know, it's all relative. You can visit patreon.com slash bdlive to get started. And as always, always big thanks to our current patrons. If you would like a pub theology tumbler of your own, anybody got one for Chantel? I don't have one today because I'm not drinking out of one, but look at you guys. You're killing the pattern here. The Sorry. ladies are prepared. Should have had sure. one. Should have had one. Uh, it's not late to get one on your own. Simply donate $25 or more to nokidhungry.org, an organization that is supplying food to folks who are struggling around the country donate it to them it all goes to them and you send us um, proof of your donation along with your address and we will mail you free free you don't got to pay nothing to us we will send you that wonderful pub theology tumblr um, and in true uh, lifestyle we bring the life back to pub theology live our episodes are now streaming on our facebook page um, tuesdays around 5 30 ish um, we get started somewhere in that 5.30, 6.30 hour, uh, five to six, half hour. We're not, I always got to say this because we're not like 5.30 on the dot. So if you show up 5.30 and you don't see a live stream, just hang in there a few minutes, we're going to get on there. And as always, you can join in on our conversation on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, use the hashtag PT Live. Today we discuss time travel, happiness, Advent, and prayer. So Keisha, let's start with you. What are you drinking today? Today it is coconut water from Vietnam. Nice. Really? Yes, that's what it says on the bottle. <laughs> it's fascinating that like all the coconut waters we buy in stores are like imported somewhere in Southeast Asia. Yes. Right, yeah, as they're, opposed they're, to like the Caribbean. game is fantastic, but also like even the the coconut water from Jamaica from Grace Foods, which is the one that I came up on, mm -hmm. is they're using Thailand uh, 
coconuts. They're not, not yeah. even using Jamaican coconuts for their own coconut water. That is, it may just be a volume weird. thing. I it, think it's part, a volume and a preservative is. issue, mm. like with what the American import industry requires of coconut water doesn't necessarily allow something to happen that should happen. Yeah, we we in the Caribbean, we don't do that funky pasteurization thing. Forget that. No. <laughs> We drink, that, we drink that sucker straight. I was going to say, crack it open and there you go. Exactly. And it's delicious. And I think, you know, without bias, it's the best coconut water on the planet. But it is. But I, I think at some point, somebody's going to crack how to make sure that we can get the Jamaican coconut water through pasteurization without losing what makes it brilliant. But I don't think it's going to be me. Uh, yeah. I don't know that that can ever happen. Because it, but... it might default change alters the taste of the thing same thing with orange juice yeah and there's only maybe two brands of coconut water that get as close as you might get through that process um and i can't even find one of them now like it Mm. there was a way what happens when you have two when you have two caribbean people on the show we gotta (laughs) we gotta come sorry two caribbean expats we're gonna (laughs) kvetch about what's not right (laughs) i have i have never heard so much talk about coconut water you have no idea you have no idea and all every brand tastes different because all the coconuts from all the different places taste different different. so you got to get through a few before you find a preferred second alternative Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's true we are in December. It's officially holiday season, so I am I am knocking back the eggnog. Nice. Um, started right before Thanksgiving. Um, it's also sorrel season. It's also sorrel season. You know, I did not appreciate the taste of sorrel until I was well into my adult years as a kid. I thought it was the nastiest thing in the world. It's another Caribbean thing. I, I was going to say, I have no world. idea what that is. <laughs> this is spiced hibiscus tea. Yeah. Oh, nice. I was not a fan growing up at all, but later in adult years, I was like, all right, it's growing on me. So I'm flavoring my eggnog with a little uh, Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey. Mm, nice. And speaking of Barbados, the best rum in the world, uh, Mount Gay. Okay. Eclipse rum. And by the way, happy Independence Day. That was yesterday to my homeland of Barbados. Hey, congrats. Wish I was there right now to celebrate with you, but hashtag so, COVID. I too have gone with, I'm, I'm all in on, you know, seasonal. So um, this is 21st Amendment Brewing Fireside Chat, nice. um, which is one of our Christmas standards. It's a spiced winter ale or a winter spiced ale, as they call it. And it's got a lovely FDR on the on the can um, drinking next to a fireplace. Nice. Thank you. Gotcha. No, oh, that, all right. Took yeah. me took me a second to connect with why FDR. I was like, was he a beer drinker? <laughs> well, I got it. I think, I think he had fireside chat. Got, got yeah. it. Yeah. Took, took a second. Yeah. So if you could travel back in time, but it was a one-way ticket, would you do it? And when and where would you go? Not before my lifetime, because reasons. But maybe we haven't so, we three have the I time travel discussion. I think we have. I think have. we have. But but I'll say like if I did have to go back and could just go one way and then would have to repeat the following years because that's also in the bargain. It's a one way trip. Um, maybe 2016. That's it. Yep. So am I as old as I am now, or do I get to go back Hmm. knowing what I know now, but like to that age, right? 
Either is fine. Either is that e- either. E- either well, way, if you're only going back four years. Yeah, I'm only going back four years, and it was like the spring that we went to the Grand Canyon. That was my first ever time going to the Grand Canyon. It was during my birthday year, a uh, birthday trip. Um, <laughs> I was like, you have a you have a birthday year. <laughs> well, that year I did. <laughs> Every year is your birthday. Were you year. born on leap year? Like no. that that year I did. And and it was like uh also the longest vacation I'd had in the US because I'd been in grad school for most of my preceding years mm. and never got to take more than a week off in a sustained way. And we actually did that year. Nice. And it was it was it was chill. I was in my favorite part of the country, one of the national parks. Uh, with somebody that I love dearly, and and it was great. I'd go back to that. If it's a one-way ticket, I'm not going back because, yeah. to your point, Shannon, I'm assuming I'm going back, knowing what I know now, taking knowing like, what I know now, and I'm assuming also I'm going back like this, right? Right. So like, yeah. Okay. So that means if I go back in time, knowing what I know now, looking like this, I'm going to change some things. I'm going to inadvertently. <laughs> alter the timeline of something we've already discussed this right. that is we bad have. and maybe maybe we haven't maybe this is it the first time and back then was us going back oh, in time. but but don't you even get started but i would want to see how things would turn out differently so i would need to come back here that makes sense or oh or, yeah or, or i guess i guess you not i guess wait. if i waited yeah you know that's, that's what seen. i think is you go back knowing what you know inevitably something's different but you also have the other memories right but here's the thing depends on how far back i go because i may go back so far like pre my lifetime like i'm talking like maybe a few hundred years and i don't live long enough to catch up to modern day times no if the future was a a one-way trip if the future was a one-way trip well you bet i'm going i'm like packing my bags right now so can i can i take territory can i take like a whole lot of money with me like (laughs) because here's what i'm thinking if i go back in time at any point in time the only way to live is to live well right so yeah but with the money if i could take the contents of my bank account now it would be worth a lot of money like it would be but would they accept it because it'd be like well i turn it into gold first oh you know, see, I see. You I'm not going to show up with twenties. <laughs> I don't know, but if you show up with gold bars, you're an instant target. I just as, as a woman a... reverend. I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> no, I'm with you. Okay, I'm not doing it. <laughs> so if I, and it's, if I... it's an interesting question, and here for mm-hmm. me, it's an interesting question because I'm going to read it another way, right? And that's. You know, I have been, um, not to jump to the pre-show conversation, but I've been thinking a lot about regret lately. Mm-hmm. And like, and and what is, you know, we talked about this last time we talked about time travel, like what, what are things that like, oh, they would change, but you would end up changing something for the worse, mm-hmm. you know, even though you think it would be a change for the better and, and that kind of stuff. And so I just, I just don't think, it's even if I could rewind a portion of my life knowing what I know now but like just you know go back um or even if I didn't but just change that one thing like I just I I don't know I I think I need to appreciate where we've ended up and what's going on and um I mean 
somebody should have gone back and told that guy not to eat that bat. I mean, that's just, that would have changed some things, but nonetheless, you know, I'm going to keep it, I'm going to keep it there for now, but. No, see, here's why I don't agree with that. Because honestly, if it wasn't for coronavirus, we'd have four more years of orange hair. Mm. I actually agree with you on that. Like, I think it was a perfect storm. It, I it, do. It, it was. And, 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 you know, we can all be, you know, those of us who are happy he's leaving office can also be happy he wasn't smart enough to capitalize on, oh, on, on responding well to this virus. Because yeah. if he'd responded well to this virus, he might have, he might have made the case for a third term. Right. Well, Derek and I were discussing this the other day that, like, the only thing he didn't do in terms of the Republican popularity checklist is he didn't start a war, right? He didn't enter a war. Right. Thank God, right? right. And and there we came close with Iran, but again, you know, I think Russia right. got involved and said, "Uh, uh-uh, you're not invading Iran," and we don't. Okay, but anyway, hey, like I have mixed feelings about that, but nonetheless, yeah. um, but this could have been his big war, right? Could've this could have been his his, his swoop he, in and, and save the used, day moment. He used the war language. He used that exactly. sort of language. But if he'd done the bare minimum of of ensuring that people, you know, took on some sort of safety responsibility from the beginning, you know, uh, boasted about his relationships and having the inside word of the virus and getting us all prepared even before it landed on the shores, there's nobody that would have beat him. No, I totally agree. You know, I totally agree. Um, <laughs> so, so, no, uh, so uh, the bar is under the floor then. The bar, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, so anyway, so the answer is we wouldn't go back in time. Yeah, nobody's going anywhere. <laughs> we're not Too going dangerous. anywhere. Or we're not going anywhere very far. <laughs> so um, this next question is actually one, uh, Brian came up with it, but it's one um, we in our household have had a conversation about at least once. Do you appreciate when television shows incorporate the pandemic into their storyline with characters quarantined and wearing masks? Or would you prefer to watch things por- portrayed pre-pandemic as a way to escape i don't know if i've seen anything quarantine on tv yet i think there's one show that i've seen advertised but i haven't watched anything like that uh, so, i've been i've been stuck in historical dramas and yeah. um this is us is yeah this is, is really us. playing that heavy okay. and there's a there's a series on netflix that's all that, like the whole thing is just about like basically shot in front of a zoom screen everybody's sort of a zoom screen and they're they're dating and interacting um, so, so there, there are a couple things being worked in. I would, I, I don't like it because it's it, to the question's point. It's not escapist enough for me. Mm. Like I don't need any reminders that the world's a hot mess right now. So I watch two shows that aren't like, that are, that are ongoing series. Um, I watch, I watch this is us who I appreciate the way so they have dealt with it in the way of like they've incorporated into their real life they are wearing masks when they go out they're if they get together they've talked about covid tests and quarantining you know beforehand mm-hmm. and and they they're not perfect with it um but i think because it's a show that at times takes place in the present i think that that was a good move for them and it hasn't bothered me um, to be honest, it probably either you had to ignore it completely or you have to like go all in. Right, right. now. I also watch, um, cause I've put 
46 years of my life into Grey's Anatomy. And, <laughs> and I'm not giving up. And I'm not giving up yet. <laughs> Seriously, I don't know how many, se- I mean, I don't know what season this is, like 15, se- 19. Season like 11. <laughs> it's, it's, but I've watched it since the beginning. So I just mm-hmm. keep watching it. And they have gone, because it's a hospital show, mm-hmm. they have gone full in. And, you know, it's a Sondra Rhymes show. So they're very current topic driven. And I admit that there's only been three episodes so far and it's a little much. And I, I appreciate that they want to tell the story that hospital workers are completely overdone, that this is real and traumatic. And I appreciate that, but it, it is, it's a little far for me in terms of there's no escape to it. Right. There's no, like, I can't get past any storyline, but that. Um, so I like I, the way this is us is recognizing it. I don't like when the whole storyline is pandemic. I bailed. I bailed on Grey's Anatomy when Patrick Dempsey left because I'm like, if McDreamy doesn't want to be on the show, I don't think I need to be. Interestingly, if, if actors enough, are bailing. I have put. I have put this much time into the show. I have never, never, which is very unlike me, never not once gone back and watched previous seasons ever. You don't I, is, I am not interested in watching previous. This is not something I'm going to binge over and over again. This no. is not the West Wing, but I'm in it so far. And and if um if the God I forget her name right now, but if the woman that plays um Meredith leaves, like I'm done, you know. So but, I was going to ask, yeah. are you are are you still invested because of the story, or is this like on a principle thing now? Like I'm, I got to hang in because I'm, I'm from the beginning and. I want to say that I watched it all. Um, I don't, I mean, I haven't hated, it's a show that pretty early on um, started a revolving cast mm-hmm. purposefully. And I liked that. And I, I'm a, I like big cast shows. I'm a big, like West Wing. I like This Is Us. I like big casts that tell parallel stories and different stories at the same time. Um so I was pretty in from the beginning on that that rotation model. Um, and they're, they've clearly set up for me to care about some new people, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, and what I like about that, what I appreciate about that is that people don't get too stereotyped because a show that runs this long, people become typed, right? And then yeah. they just loop into, and then it, at some point it just becomes too much. Like, you know, friends went on too long and they got too pigeonholed into this weird thing you know, which is whatever, you know, it's great and all that. So stuff, here, but here's my thing with, I'm not to spend too much time on this with Shonda Rhyme shows is that like they come in hot and they are awesome yes. for like Three four seasons. seasons. Yes. And then now, all of a sudden, like I had a bail on how to get away with murder. Like even, even well, I, will say, I, I stayed in scandal for a while. And like, by, yeah. I think the second to last season, like the, like the storyline started getting so like convoluted. Mm. I'm I like, think private practice was the one that, that left at the right time. Yes. yes. Like Agreed. they're the one that yes. like, this was our time. Now we're done. Yeah. And, and that is a problem is that they have a tendency and I will fully admit that um, although there have been some amazing shows the last couple of seasons, I think they're getting to that. If not have passed that line, you it know, kind of sort of um, to the show but, that I'm logging time with, which I'm almost embarrassed to say that I am on Netflix is a uh, Virgin river. I don't know if you've seen the show. Mm-mm. It's not great, but it's there's some there's some 
uh, it's the storyline is 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 a nurse from LA. It's based, supposed to be based in like Northern California. This nurse from LA or something. She goes to this like small town in the middle of nowhere woods to escape a you know something that happened in her life, and and she's the uh, the, the nurse assistant to this curmudgeonly town doctor. You got your whole host of gossip and characters. You got the you got the Iraq War vet who runs the bar who's going through PTSD stuff. It's like all over the place. There's a couple of Susan things about it though, and I think most of it is like the nature scenes that you have because it's actually shot in British Columbia in Canada. Yeah, yeah. and like it is just beautiful beautiful yeah. like we're watching going oh we got to go there oh we got to right, go there right, right? so that's the second, definitely on the list by the way. second season came out a couple days ago it's number one on netflix right yeah and I've i'm in it. and i'm in and the like it's gonna be a bit of a spoiler so if you're watching and haven't watched the whole thing yet you there's just... a point there's a point <laughs> there's a point where like in the last episode they bring one of the most like obvious soap opera tropes in mm. which is a twin mm. oh like a yeah twin shows up and mm. from the time that happened i was like okay they've run out mm. of ideas I'm, yeah i'm, I'm out like i can't, can't come back for season three right. after yeah. this this come on guys you know so i will i one more that i've been watching is it's on hbo max it's the flight attendant oh yes on my list um with, kaylee cuoco kaylee yeah cuoco. And and I'm not a, actually I'm not a big fan of hers, and I wasn't a big fan of the Big Bang Theory. Big theory I know, yeah, not me. Not but me I do really like this. There's three three episodes in or something. Um, I do really like it a lot, and and it is like pre-pandemic. She's flying around the world. People are in groups all the time. People are whatever, and I'm. It's not bothering me. But usually I admit that it took me a really long time that I would watch movies and stuff and mm -hmm. they'd be in crowds and I'd start to get like really anxious. Like, I'd, you know, seeing that on TV. For me, pre-pandemic shows also kind of instill a little bit of like hope and cheer in me now because we're like, you know, we're going to get back there. We, that, we're gonna, we're I don't know why my soon. mind couldn't. On one hand, there's the like wearing a mask on TV makes me feel, you know, anxious. And on the other hand, if you don't like all these crowd scenes, I'm like, yeah. Like you're eating inside, get out, get out. You know, like there's this, it's the new horror film, you know, like there's this new, so like my brain is just really sad. That's all, that's that's what's happening up there. So anyway. Great segue to third question. Great segue to third question. So how uh, can we know what happiness is without sadness? This is always the question. Is it possible to be happy all the time? Well, no. <laughs> Not without some kind of brain chemistry malfunction. <laughs> uh, well, I think, I think, go ahead, Keisha. Well, so I, I, I think we've said before that most of us learn by contrast. So I think one makes possible an understanding of the other or complements our understanding of the other. But I think the goal for me is not to be happy all the time. The goal for me is to be even, like to be, to be, to have equanimity, to like have some sense of balance, even like to not be wild swinging, but like to be moderate in my, in my uh, variations. Um, I don't, I don't know that I always want to be like on the top of the world, like super excitement. Da, 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 da. Um, I think it's more, I want to be able to really feel the happy and really mm -hmm. feel the sad um, and 
Yeah, I do have background noise. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll text somebody because they're not using their inside voice at all. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Um, oh, Lordy. No, I, I actually agree. Like the older I get, the more happy, the less happiness becomes the goal. And the more like contentment becomes the goal. Oh yeah. And even like um, an even temper. Um, And then that when actually happiness or sadness come about to be able to like recognize it. And if it's happiness, be able to embrace it and enjoy it. And if it's sadness, be able to recognize it and like give myself some space for it. You don't want to embrace and enjoy the sadness too? I mean, I don't know that you enjoy sadness, like. And, oh, I and love to. I love to wallow. It's a there thing. are people that do. You know what? They're really like. I have a friend that he will actually like put on songs that will evoke these sorrowful, guilty, blah yeah. blah blah feelings. And Dim he the lights, wants. He wants that. He needs that. Yeah. But now, at the same time, you know, I I will do the same thing with TV shows or movies. Like I will watch something that purposely that I know will upset me just to like emote those feelings Um, because I know that I need to, right? Like when I'm overwhelmed and I know I need to somehow feel this sadness, but whatever it's really around in my life is just too much. So I'll put on, like the other day I watched Dead Poets Society, which I hadn't watched in years and years and years because I just needed that sadness it's a prompt yeah exactly because i know if i don't like yes the goal all the like the majority of the time is contentness but if i don't feel those varying degrees of emotion like i'm you know i'm not i'm not doing my job either as a human being you know it's it's, of who i at least let me put it this way of who i authentically am you know I have big feelings. Like I'm a person with really big feelings. Um, like I, you know, I get upset at little, like little things, good or bad, right? Like I mm-hmm. could just go off about, you know, somebody not replacing the toilet paper on the roll. Like how hard is this? Oh my God. I, I <laughs> said that. I said that today to Ava. I was like, I found another thing you enjoy have in common, replacing the toilet paper and the paper towel rolls. <laughs> And and she was like, she's like, well, where are the extra rolls? I said, about a foot away. Just look in the cabinet right there. They're right, they're right there. So I, but I will, I will have such a big rant and reaction and whatever. And like Derek will have something very real, angry, be upset about. And he won't even come to 10% of the rant that I had about toilet paper rolls. Yeah. Because but, like I just have I'm big on all what, levels. You know what? And I would argue you might be the emotionally healthier. Well, I get it out of you. (laughs) I would say I want once upon a time, I might've said that, but like at this point, he just, it just responds differently. Like that's just not who he is. He doesn't explode the way that I do. He doesn't need to. In fact, he, he feels the opposite. Like if he explodes the way I do, then he is not um, being authentic to himself. If that makes any sense. Right. Now that doesn't mean that there aren't times where he, you know, yeah. I, th- I think the, the flip or the question would be what how what, at whatever volume you do emote are you also still hoarding the feelings like for some people who do not express a lot that's because they're retaining it or they're internalizing it but other people they just don't need to 
they don't, don't need to go there. Right. And it doesn't yeah. have like a detrimental effect on their blood pressure or other things. Yeah. For me, like I've got a, I've got a, it's a release. It's a, it's the steam valve, right? It's a release valve. I've got to let it go. It's going to happen one way or another. So it might as well be over toilet paper and not something like <laughs> legit, you know? <laughs> but here's a question now. When it happens over toilet paper, though, do the people around us go like, this really isn't about the toilet paper. And therefore, then they don't have the the incentive to actually put the toilet paper on the roll, which is actually, you know, a thing that they should do. I feel sometimes that that's what happens when we get upset over the thing that we're really not upset about. You know, there's still a little piece of the you know, there's an issue here that we need to address. It would be nice to get the toilet paper on the roll when you're done. But if everybody is saying, oh, it's really not about the toilet paper, they're upset about something else. So, so, you know, so you get what I'm saying? Listen, but sometimes, of course, that's true. Sometimes, of course, that's true. But like, I'm usually upset about the toilet paper. <laughs> like, <laughs> by the way, everybody in my house replaces the toilet paper roll because the secret is, I will tell you all the secret, okay. replacing the toilet paper roll is to replace your toilet paper holder with the kind that just slip on and off and doesn't have that springy no, thing. That's, no, that didn't work. What? Well, they they have these, work. No. they have new versions that it's not, it's not a spring loader thing, but it's also not like just the little wire. The little they wires have, they, totally they work in our house. Well, I'm not saying it doesn't work, but like for those who have aesthetic standards. Oh, 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 oh. Well, oh. now Keisha's going to get there right later. Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's totally oh. fine. I, I like my little whatever. And then you just slip it on and slip it off and the kids can do it. And it, well, no yeah. matter what age you are, listen, listen, everybody's got to entry. Listen, Joy and I lived in a house that the, the little guest uh, toilet that was tucked under the stairs didn't have a, like a toilet paper holder attached to the wall or anything. So I bought one of those like all in one, you know, you got the little rolly wire thing at the top. You got the little holder for the spare rolls. And there are days I would walk in there with an and, and find an empty toilet paper roll and the like the cardboard roll is empty and there's rolls well, sitting sitting literally eight inches under it and she's still not putting them on. It's just, so just it's clear say, to me, Ogan, you know. that you have a very you have a type. You have a type. That's what it is. Uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently I do. Okay, these are going way really well, by the way. These questions, <laughs> I think they're just great. <laughs> oh, I wonder if that's what Brian had in mind when he asked us about I'm, happiness. I'm sure it was. <laughs> um, but just to go back to the previous question quickly, like I, I can definitely tell um, when, like I definitely get upset easier faster, bigger when I'm not, when, when there's something working on me, like when I'm bothered by something and something's like grating on me um, and something's in the back of my head. Of course I do. Like everybody does. Um, but you know, like it's irritable, right? I get irritable faster and that kind of stuff. But, but I'm also like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I almost said, I don't get it mad at things needlessly but i think everybody in my presence would disagree with that <laughs> i think it's very needed but i think they would disagree oh my this God. is a 360 evaluation exactly there we go 
Advent is a season of waiting and preparation. Discuss how those themes seem fitting during a pandemic year. I have thought so much about this, so much. Then, then kick us off. Well, I'm just asking this question of, I, I think I might've said this um, last week or the week before of like, I'm, I keep asking this question of like, what, what am I learning right now? And what about this time do I want to change about my life moving forward? Um, what is a society do I want us to learn about this time, right? Like I keep asking these questions and I don't necessarily, like I could tick off a couple of answers, but like, I don't necessarily have a full answer, but I just keep asking myself this question. And I really do think this season, this, this particular advent, we really have uh, an opportunity to, to experience something new you know, to really experience this, this act of waiting, active waiting, right? What it looks like to, to, we're not just sitting around, but what work do we need to be doing to prepare? Um, and that, and, that's a lot of questions I've been asking. And, and I think, so when you, when you <clears throat> break down the four Sundays in Advent, the four themes, so hope, peace, love, and joy, um, in unity, we, we go hope into faith, uh, uh, love and joy like we are i think for the first time in our i think recent memory i think probably the last time the global collective has had to go through something like this i'm gonna guess maybe world war ii where where the entire planet's involved there's no yeah i agree true sense of when it's gonna end so we're in this place of all experiencing this this thing that nobody wants to experience. How do we, how do we truly, if we want to choose to live in a place of hope or faith, how do we choose to live in love during this time? In in how 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 do we manufacture uh, or create the peace first internally so we're not losing our own minds? How do we create and you know then we throw the whole election in the us on top of that create create peace you, you know how 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 do how do we love during a time when for a lot of us our usual outlets for love are not available where do we find that that true joy slash contentment beyond the happiness uh you know so it's it's like the pandemic and how we've had to respond to it is providing that real world like you know bad turn of phrase, Petri dish, <laughs> to, to really experiment with taking these themes, uh, these that, that honestly, from year to year, we just kind of hold up as these abstract spiritual concepts. So like, we got to practice, we got to put these into practice during this waiting time. Otherwise, we're, otherwise, we're, it's gonna be that much more of a mess before it's all over. And after it's over, by the way, that virus, that vaccine starts rolling out. It's not the end of it. We still got to deal with the after, all the emotional aftermath, and deal with all the, you know. I mean, you were talking today in the in, in the pre-show about the the homeschooling struggles that you and you and your kids are going through, and like like even when they can go back to school, like like what what's the impact that this year's had on all these kids? What's the impact on the people who struggled with the virus and survived? Those who, you know, us who have had people lost because of this virus there's 
gonna be lifelong impacts because of this. And if we can ground ourselves in the faith, love, peace, and joy that, that these Sundays and Advent represent, we might there, might there might be a chance for us to thrive in the midst of it and, and come out on the other side of it, you know, a little bit better than we went in. And that, and that's what I mean. Like that, that takes a lot of work and that oh, takes yeah. a lot of introspection on our parts. And we're all tired. <laughs> and we're all tired already. Right. Yeah. And so, and, and so, yeah, I'm, and yet I, I serve several people who are really bored all the time. They're not dealing with all the things I'm dealing with yeah. and they've, they've, they're older and they've been in their homes and they're, they're bored out of their minds. And I'm, so I'm trying to balance all of that as a pastor. Um, and I'm also trying to balance the fact that like, there's a lot, there's a lot that I'm overwhelmed with. Um, there's also a lot that I'm learning about myself about how, how and when other people make me tired and what that takes away from other parts of my life. Um, Cause yeah, I had a sabbatical last year for, for like 16 weeks. And that was, that taught me a lot about that, but like, this has been nine months and it's going to be several more. And it's teaching me even more about that, about what drains me and what doesn't. And that's as an extrovert, you know, like I, I'm just, I'm trying to observe and I'm trying to learn. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that as like observing isn't, isn't doing nothing you know, not at all. It's, but it is, and this is not something I'm great at, um, but it, observing is a spot to stay in when you're not actively seeking a solution right away, right? Like I'm not trying to jump to that solution point. And that is something I'm really good at. I'm really good at jumping to the solutions and saying, we need to do this, this, and this. And like, in a lot of ways, I'm learning not to do that. I, I have a solution for one of the problems you described in the pre-show around your son and assignments. Get one of those people who are home bored with nothing to do to be like real time companion for your son. Oh, we tried. When, honey. Oh, you did? Oh, sorry. But they're also just like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of work. Harry, yes. Harry was thinking I was coming they're up like, with a... But they want to they wanna go to their exercise classes, right? And they want to go to church and they want to <laughs> go play golf and socialize and they want to go to their whatever, right? They don't, they don't want to help my son with his homework. I mean, some may do and give me a call, but like, you know, nonetheless. Yeah, the, the way that I am thinking about the question was not in terms of the pandemic at all. It was in terms of the political shifts because about four years ago, um, when we were waiting for a different transition, um, I, I had a, an advent series on my blog where like one of the articles was um, Herod is king, secure your technology because <laughs> of the, the power of the president to, nice. to manage uh, national surveillance through tech. And then the second one was about thinking uh, about the, what um, Heschel and King called uh, creative maladjustment. So the, the, the capacity of somebody who is really motivated by justice to not be overwhelmed by the way things appear to be, but to be anchored always in a vision of how it can be better and how more people can be served, even though appearances are that Herod is in charge, et cetera, et cetera. But we're, we're still driven and accountable to a vision that's 
different than that. And we're not just, as you said, Shannon, passively waiting for things to be better, but we are actively working for things to be better. Um, and I think about that right now, because we're not in the same sort of rigid terror that so many of my colleagues were in this time four years ago. Um, but at the same time, I'm not seeing complete relaxation either. People are anticipating a need to continue working really, really, really hard, um, especially because it seems like, oh, we escaped one thing, but then we have something that is more ordinary and the ordinary doesn't serve people. So we're, yeah. we're, we're anticipating a time when we still need to persist in the work that we do to create community that nourishes people, to make yeah. sure that people who don't have do get. Um, and it's, it's a different kind of work than it would have been if we'd had another eight years or another four or another 12, I don't know. Well, and what, um, I mean, I, even just I'm thinking like what happens when inevitably in my very pessimistic opinion, what happens when society just goes back to normal and then everybody's very dissatisfied with normal. There's still that ache within us for something more, for some connection, for some real, right? Whatever that is. And then we just, we go back to this, you know, get rich quick and your job will make you happy and et cetera, et cetera, society. And like, what happens then? So, so interestingly enough, that is the normal, right? That, that, yeah. that, that is the normal of, um, uh, you know, I, I, I would say that on, those of us who have only truly embarked on a, a mindful journey to realize that the source of contentment lies within, um, we are still going to be just as discontent before, during, and after the pandemic because we're still looking for for conditions outside of ourselves to be, quote-unquote, perfect or right so that we could finally feel happy, um, you know. And the, my the, argument, Will, is that it will, it'll be even worse. Like, oh, we'll, abs absolutely. Our there, feelings about it will be there, even worse. There are people who whine about going to work now they're been working from home and some of them have been like, oh, I don't ever want to go back to the office. I don't ever go into, you know, a building again. I love, you know, doing what I do now. There are people and for some people, it's vice versa. For others, again, this pandemic is really, you know, to something you said earlier, Shannon, really caused people to, to, to examine what's really important in my life now since so much has been taken away or so many people have been taken away. Um, and, and I think there's going to be a, you know, a, a temptation to, to, to yes, want to return to the quote unquote normal. I think many people are going to try to do that. Um, feel a little bit of relief um, satisfaction, but then that malaise is going to set back in because they're going to realize, oh, wait, this thing wasn't providing the whatever it was, content, fulfillment that I thought it was before the pandemic. I thought I would have gotten there with it. Pandemic took it away. Now I'm back in it and realize, oh, wait, it's really not 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 doing that. Back to the whole like, why these why these themes are fit in, these Advent themes, because right. these are the things we need to stand on regardless. Um yeah, I mean, I think for me, the timing, especially, right, the announcement that a vaccine that works 90% coming out right before Advent and like mm. that feeling 
it's a Christmas miracle. Well, it was a feeling <laughs> no, of like, wow, I really have been hopeless about this because uh-huh. I, I kept saying things like, you know, if there's a vaccine, like if that happens, because we kept saying, well, when there's a vaccine and I was like, mm-hmm. it, we haven't gotten there yet, guys like that. We can't just assume that will happen. And that wasn't me being like downer. That was just me trying to keep my expectations in check. And like the news would come out, like we're getting there, we're close. And actually what kind of did it for me was, um, I've been listening to Dax Shepard's podcast, um, armchair, um, armchair expert, armchair expert, and like give or take, but he's, he lives in such a different world than I do that I actually like, I think than most people do. (laughs) Right. Exactly. That I actually kind of like the show. And I, I, I genuinely believe he's a great interviewer. Like he yes. asks really interesting questions, but he interviewed Bill Gates and Bill Gates was talking about what they needed to do to get this vaccine across the world and what the Gates Foundation is doing to do that. And the way he was talking about the vaccine, he was talking about it like it was here. Mm-hmm. And that was a couple of months ago. And I was like, oh, Bill Gates definitely knows things I don't know, right? Like. So if he's talking about this as if it's a reality, I can kind of, I'm going to start looking for this, you know, like, and I'm not saying that in some bad way, like he, like, this is his jam. Like, this is what he does and he has the money to do it. So, and he's going to do it in the way that like, is going to get it across the globe. He's like, Mm -hmm. America's going to be fine. Our job is to get it across the globe. Mm -hmm. So I, that's what, and then when the announcement came out specifically with Pfizer, cause they was, they were the first of like, Hey, we have it and it's, it's ready to be tested and whatever. Like, I just, I realized what a weight it was. It was my Ebenezer, right? It was my stone of health. Like, I just regret I didn't buy some stock in those companies. Like I really? <laughs> Seriously. That's my, I actually my have idea. a thing that's like, do not invest in pharmaceutical companies. <laughs> I actually, um, to your, to your point about that also, you know, I was, um, watching news reports about how this might simultaneously be helping revive the airline industry because now they're retrofitting a lot of like commercial passenger jetliners mm-hmm. who already do international routes to transport the vaccine you know so yeah. they're retrofitting them with, with like freezer stuff because the you know the apparently the vaccine has to be kept at like you know north pole type temperatures sure. um so uh so so that's it's it's kind of all beginning to have that those, those those shades of uh of good news and I and would, and we're still going to be the same humans we were right so we've got, we still got to do well all and that's where i'm i mean i'll be honest that's where i'm going and and again i named bill gates because i do think his the gates foundation does this well but i mean this should be this should be an open source thing right i'm sorry yeah. i do no, believe that like our scientists found this this I'm is the you. most effective every every facility out there start making this formula like this should be as open as we can make it we're gonna be the same humans but again but i think and it was government funding that supported a lot of the research that went into it in the first place so there is a step in there that's already public in the public good which is why multiples are yeah exactly multiples multiple routes multiple logics for the, the the process that goes into it um and, and I think the question there is the thing that we haven't cracked yet, which is the relationship between public good and private benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do, and that's actually my biggest hope with one of the, um, with, with the new administration is one of my, 
in addition to all the other fears that I had about this current administration continuing, was that they would keep the patent, right? They wouldn't share it. And they wouldn't understand that if we don't all get this globally, this is going to keep happening, right? And I and I just think that's that's something I don't have to worry you know, as much about. It's you know? funny you said that, because I think for the first time, like every previous election, no matter who got into office, maybe with the possible exception of, of Obama, but I was still sort of thinking the same way back then. It's like, okay, is this administration really evil or just a little evil like you know it was it was some it was somewhere on the evil spectrum for the first time i'm i'm going like i'm actually having a little hope that that it's not going to be the usual like less evil <laughs> that they may actually because i'm seeing who's a, who he's a, who's he's uh proposing for his cabinets and 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 who's, and they're who's, really qualified <laughs> and yeah and diverse Right. And like like addressing actual, you know, and nobody's, needs and, and nobody's issues. pretending that this is all perfect, right? Right. Nobody's, exactly. Nobody's grounded in reality. That. Grounded in We're reality. all grounded in reality, but we also know, I mean, I'm I'm getting more and more on the boat of this makes a lot of sense. This this like we talk about uniting and mm-hmm. this person and this place and this time, it really does feel like a good match and a good place and and as many disagreements and as many but but i you know just like we were talking about with happiness and and sadness like i don't i can't keep going on this pendulum swing right Mm -hmm. i can't keep going this way and then this way and then and like there's a reason why there's centrists right there's a there's some steadiness there and there's some um just calm in some ways there and Yes, compared to Trump, he's going to look like an uber liberal, but like he's not. He's not. <laughs> and the tweets that are coming out are encouraging and, you know, loving and kind and unifying in some way. And and yes, there are going to be, I don't think all of those 70 million, but I think there are going to be many, many people that feel otherwise. And that is fine. That is your choice. I disagree. Um, and, and both sides, by the way. Both, both of my little corners of the boxes of Zoom will, you know, feel that way. Um, I, I got to be honest, though, I, I, I hate to admit it, but part of me is going to miss the circus a little bit. Like, like oh you, know, you know, of course you know, you there's, there's, you know. A, there's a tweet archive just for you. Okay. <laughs> for the rest of us, I think I think we did talk last last time about um, ways that the interim interim leadership is a particular kind of ministry. Uh, and mm-hmm. and if yes. this person has that skill. Okay, and like that's it's not my job just to cheerlead that person. It's my job to keep pushing for the thing that they're interiming us toward. And and like all good interims, you don't stay too long. You get out yeah, of the way in, and let it happen. So I agree. I agree. So Romans eight twenty six says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through the wordless groans. What does this text impact your view of prayer? Well, first off, the spirit is usually referred to as a feminine. So. And is it, is it, is it the spirit wordless groaning or you just haven't eaten in a while? That I, that is just a weird text okay. if i hear a spirit or a ghost grown in uh you know it's gonna freak me out spirit that's helps you in your that that is i wonder weird. what the nrsv says there <laughs> like 
like I'm like that is not a, a trans that is not a translation I know. <laughs> I'm also fascinated by your note about the gendering because the gendering of spirit as feminine, yes, totally according to the original languages, and I think the acknowledgement of that in religious spaces less than 15, 20 years. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think there was a big gap, right? Well, Pre-medieval I mean, and then, assuming you know, is Assuming this is actually one of Paul's letters. I mean, Paul was the whole thing about women being silent in church. So I'm not surprised that spirit got masculinized. Well, no, I'm not surprised either. I'm just saying, I, I just thought it was interesting that that was your immediate reaction. Like I, I hear that among seminarians, but I don't always hear it among uh, congregational so I, clergy. Yeah, I'll be honest about that. We um, we are a church who, as a denomination, we very much reject um, uh, gendered language. Okay. Yeah. Um, as a church, it sneaks in, right? Yeah. And I'm, it's not really my job to parse words, but if if I were reading this and this was the scripture, which by the way, we use the NRSV, which does would not do this, oh, right? Gotcha. Um, but if I was reading this, I would change it as I was speaking. Mm. But we will say our father in the Lord's prayer. Mm-hmm. We like if someone else in the congregation prays, they might start the prayer with God, our father. And I'm not going to correct them right. like because they're not wrong. Right. They're not. They're also not wrong if they if someone stands up and says, God, our mother, like mm-hmm. they're not wrong. And it's and I, I baptize in the name of the father and the son and the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, because those are the that's a rooted tradition that we are grounded in. Um. So yes, it is a it is a lot of conversation that happens on the seminary level, but it's something that you sneak in um, as well, right? They will not hear me you they will not hear me use masculine pronouns for God or for humanity, but it's in our song, it's in our whatever. But if they're paying attention at all, you would not hear me say it. Um, by the way, the NRSV because my Bible was right next to me <laughs> says that's a good minister right there. Likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And that, to me, is a much more poetic translation. A, yeah, a sigh I, too deep for words, right? Like, But then also, your version said... Uh, we do not know how to pray as we ought. As we and, ought. And Versus, this one, this one said, we don't, we do not know what we ought to pray for. Like, like I know what I need about, to pray for. This is about <laughs> like naming a specific set of things that you deliver as if on a shopping list to the yeah. one who can deliver them. And the one that you read from the NRSV, you said, mm-hmm. it's it yeah. more like, um, the manner in which we might pray or the orientation or approach we take to prayer or. But it also that. sets, it almost in a weird way sets us, sets up a right way and wrong way to pray. Uh, that, 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 that. Yeah, that, the, that or, is, or, the order is doing a lot of work in both, in both versions. A lot of heavy lifting. Yeah. See, I, I always, I love this verse, by the way. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wanted to read it from the translation that I know. Thank you. Um, I see pray as we ought not to be that there's a right way. Like, it's not, you should pray like this, the Lord's prayer. Right. And even in Jesus context, like Lord, teach us to pray. Well, you should pray like this. That doesn't mean repeat these words. Right. It's in this sort of way, in this sort of way, Mm -hmm. pray as we ought to me is about a posture. Mm -hmm. Right. 
how I am turning to God, how mm-hmm. I am going. Mm-hmm. It is not it like, and that's why I, I don't appreciate this translation because I, it's not about a list, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not even about my words. Mm-hmm. It's about how, how I understand and how I approach God um, as something within and without for me, like, and something larger than me. I, I, I really do. Um, I love the, the, obviously I'm not part of a 12 step program, but like, I love that 12 step way of, you know, this higher power. And, and although I'm not a hierarchy person, I do think that language is sometimes really beautiful and helpful of something beyond. Right. Well, it, for me, for me, I always, so I, um, I, I do have some history with a 12 step program and I remember an atheist being there once who's like, I don't believe in God. This is not going to work for me. And the leader of the group was like, I don't care what your higher power is. It could be the chair you're sitting in. You know, it's that idea of you got to get outside yourself yeah. um, for it. Um, I want to read it from everybody's favorite translation, the message Bible. Y'all love some time with the message Bible. That's awesome. Okay. That was, and then I want to the talk about I read all the way through. And then I want to talk about a side too deep for words because. Right. Yes. Yeah. So the message Bible. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, I call, call, call back to Advent. God's spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, let's cover all our bases. It doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless eyes, our aching groans. So in this version, Ugh. we're the ones I'm with sorry, the wordless Eugene. eyes. Eugene and I are going to have words about that. Are they aching? But see, I love this one because because for me, it is it is like we are the ones in despair, right? And we don't know how to articulate that despair and 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 connect, you know. And so the essence I'm getting from this is like we don't need to, we don't have to know how to. It is, it is heard, it is perceived, it is, you know, it's like that whole, you know, God knows the, the intentions of your heart or whatever, you know, to, to get, to get more unit, more unity with it is, is this idea of, of like, we just got to remember to, to remember, we have to remember to remember who we truly are. Um, So in the midst of our despair, it doesn't matter what's going on, back to the whole contentment, in the midst of what's going on, it doesn't really matter gets get back to source which is that that divine essence once we can reconnect from there it's it's we can find that place of of peace and centeredness all right go wordless groans wordless Wordless groans groans, right the spirit intercedes now let me read it again um yeah the spirit intercedes with size too deep welcome to pub theology bible study night no i mean it's just (laughs) so how does this text impact my view of prayer like prayer isn't always words and prayer isn't always a special place that i sit down and prayer doesn't always happen intentionally um in fact probably the most meaningful and beautiful prayers are when like words were so far from my lips right um i just i so to me a sigh too deep for words that the spirit intercedes with a sigh too deep for words is about a god that is intimate and it is about a god that is um so in tune 
with where we are and I am. I mean, I think that right now, especially there are hospitals and people and later today, I have to have a conversation with um, a nurse who's been in the middle of all of this, right? And, and there aren't words for these things. There aren't magic fixes for these things. Talk about the exhaustion level um, and, and the idea that there is, <laughs> there is a God who sends this comforter into the world that sends the spirit into the world. And that this is how the spirit communicates is, is a language far beyond words and far beyond um, communication that in, in any way that we know. So that I'll, I'll kind of stop there. I'm a little bit rambly, but like this, even, even interpreting this text to me is about feeling. It's not even about speaking what I'm trying to describe. Mm -hmm. And that was the part that stood out to me. And I was talking with a, a creative person this morning, um, someone who does art pretty much all of the time. And there are ways in which, because we are a word-centric culture, if it can't be expressed in words, especially short bite-sized words, then it's not a real thing or it doesn't have meaning and heft. Um, but most of the most beautiful things that I've ever connected with are not words at all. They might be music and not music with lyrics, but actual arrangement of notes um, expressed by an orchestra or a band or a bass guitarist or somebody like that. And it's not, it's not because of the melody often it's the spirit behind the melody and the energy created by the arrangement of sounds and it's it's that sort of intimacy that you connect with the the composer and the musician and the people that you might be hearing it at the same time with and there's something about all of that connectivity and all of that energy that allows for a moment in time that you can remember when you hear that music again, but that moment itself is so precious. And and, and so you amazing. said it, right? That's the word that it's this phrase, this idea to me is about intimacy. And that's exact. And so wherever you experience that deep intimacy, that or, or intimacy at all, right? The true meaning of it, that is what this is describing. Mm -hmm. um, that, and that happens in all kinds of prayer, right? Yeah and all kinds of prayer. And then no, I, want to type, I want to bring it back to the fact that the verse before that is about waiting in patience. Waiting so in patience for hope, so yeah. All of this intimacy is part of what allows the waiting period to not be like just desperate and grasping and frustrating. Like See, there's, a, there's an experience of being known in the in-between times. This is the genius of Brian. This is the genius of Brian. <laughs> Using I was, the I was, bad I, translation. I was, with you, I was with you all along, Brian. I was with you. It was on your side. This is, you see how he got us here? There's a method to his madness. <laughs> well, as you praise Brian, we shall end the show. <laughs> oh, so Keisha, a huge thank you. This is Keisha's last um, last official third chair pod, right? So wait, it is. Wait, what? For yeah. the, I didn't get that memo. For what happened? Year. What do you mean what happened? The year is over. The year is over. So Brian comes back in January. Yeah. 
And um, she will definitely be on the list of guest rotations. I think I'm um, having wordless groans and sighs right now. When Ogan <laughs> goes out of town and when I go out of town and when Brian goes out of town, like we're going to keep these four going. But um, yeah, this is the last, you know, this is her last turn Aww. turn around the table. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It has been a pleasure. It really I was has. not ready for this. Oh, do you need oh. to hear? Do you need some tissues? Here you go. I will, I'll, I'll, I'll go, uh, what did we say? I'll, I'll, I'll go wallow on my own later. <laughs> All right. You do that. Oh, so a big thank you to you, Keisha, for the last 18 months, really of yeah. your life. Thank you. We'd also sorry, like to, sorry, you can't get it back. <laughs> it's been a joy and cheers. <laughs> cheers. Uh, we'd like to thank the originator of pub theology. Uh, Brian if you could Burkhoff. time travel, would you go back and say no to this? I'm sorry. I'm done now. I'm done. I'm done. Are we going to start quoting Hamilton lyrics? Now? You, I'm, like, using, wrap it up. I'm using humor to deflect my despair. Okay. I was going to say, okay. You're not hiding from anybody. We know. <laughs> She'll be back. All right. Um, and our producer, Derek Weston. Connect and spread the word on social media. Listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Watch us live on Facebook Tuesdays at 5 30 ish. Next week will be 4 30. Catch us then. Sign up at patreon.com slash ptlive for more content. If you would like to find or create a social distance pub theology in your town, go to, um, you can find that information at pubtheology.com slash directory. Until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. Bye.